Hey, how you doing? It's Pastor Jay. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. I pray that this word blesses your spirit, empowers you wherever you are, whether it be your home, your workplace, the gym, or even if you're riding in the car. Look, let's advance the kingdom by spreading this word with whoever you come in contact with. That is my ultimate goal is to spread the kingdom and the message of Jesus Christ. I love you. And once again, here's today's message. Be blessed. A beautiful song to um, give us for this start of a new series that we are in. We are in a new month. Happy August to everybody. Um, I want to say welcome to our online services. And we are doing this um, because I love you and I want to protect you and I want to make sure that you are in good health. And so, um, Welcome to this Sunday, and we are in a new month, so happy August again, new month, so new month means new series for us, unless we're doing an eight-week series, but um, this week could be a five-week series, so new month, new series. So the series for this month is this, the functions of a healthy church, the functions of a healthy church, and and throughout the weeks, we're going to talk about some things, because I believe that we need to have Uh, a healthy church. Because if we don't have a healthy church, then we don't have a healthy life. And so we need to have a healthy church. So this week, we're going to talk about connection. So right where you are, I want you to type in connection. Type in connection if you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram. I want you to type in connection. So look, let's get ready to jump into the Word. Amen. Let's get ready to jump into the Word. So let's, let's look from God in prayer. God, we love you. We thank you. We honor you for who you are. We pray, Lord God, that this message goes forth with clarity, Lord God, and power, Lord God, and falls on good ground. We thank you for each and every person who is watching this live right now, each and every person who will watch this in the days to come, in the hours to come, in the years to come, in the decades to come. We pray, Lord God, that they will glean something from it. So I pray that you move Lester Bell Jr. out of the way and that you allow Holy Spirit to speak through me like never before. So I love you. We love you. We thank you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I believe right now we are currently in a precarious time when it comes to church. I believe this is a critical time, but I also believe this is a Christ full time. And so in the world today, people are looking for hope because guess what? Anxiety is at a all time high. People are looking for solace because guess what? Depression is at an all-time high. And I don't know if you remember me seeing this on week three of the Focus series, but when you focus on the future, then you build anxiety in your life. And when you focus on the past, you build depression in your life. And so the enemy wants you to live in these two places of time because he wants you to forget about the present life that you are in right now. And so I know I've been I've been a habit I've, I've been a I've been a, a victim of living too far in the future and guess what it has done it has filled me with anxiety and guess what I've been a victim of living too far in the past and guess what has happened it has caused me to be depressed but God wants us to live in the present moment and when we live in the present moment then we understand that we have so much to be thankful for in the present moment. And so we want to make sure our focus is correct. And so listen to this. God created you and birthed you in this time frame 
for such a time as this. God created you just for this time. He has a purpose for you. Guess what? You are a solution. You are a solution to somebody's problem. So that's why God has birthed purpose in you. But if you're not connected to the right things, then you'll never understand the purpose that God has birthed within you. See, a lot of times we think our purpose is in um, achieving goals and getting degrees and making sure our bank accounts look good and making sure our homes look good and our house look good and we just have this great image. But on the, in the, in, in, on the inside of us, we have a void that is not filled. And so a lot of times that void can be um, purpose because when you are, guess what, when you are not flowing in your purpose of what God has called you to be, then it's easy for you to burn out. It's easy for you to burn out. I've been there. When I'm not flowing in my purpose, I get burned out easily. But when I'm flowing in my purpose, then I don't get burned out because I am encouraged in my purpose. I'm, I'm fulfilled in the will of God. I know you keep hearing me saying that, but I'm fulfilled in the will of God. And so when I'm fulfilled in the will of God, then I don't have to look with outside of me to fill the void that is already within me. Because the scripture says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The scripture also says that the kingdom of God is within you. And so when you look without trying to fill a void, you need to look within. And so you are a solution. And so a lot of us, I believe, are this. I'm, I'm really excited. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm really excited for this. A lot of us are this. We are connected to the wrong source. We are connected to the wrong source. If you were currently in here right now, I would do a pan of the building just so you can see that we have, uh, we have some lights that you can't see. We have a camera that you can't see. And all of these things are connected to sources, right? And so if they are connected to the wrong source, then guess what happens? Then they aren't able to be used to their full capacity. See, a lot of us are connected to the wrong source, and we're not being able to be fulfilled um, and we're not able to be used to our full capacity because we are connected to the wrong thing. We are connected to some of the wrong people who drain us of energy. Yes, there are energy drainers who can drain you of energy. There are things that can drain your energy. There are vices that can drain your energy. Social media can drain your energy if you don't use it properly because the 24-hour news cycle and the 24-hour social media cycle, you need to take a break from that. I know you, you heard me talk about that in Rhythm and Flow. See, a lot of people's anxiety and depression, it stems from the screen because we see, we see well, maybe not in this time, but before this time, we saw everybody doing all these great things, so we felt like we should be doing those things as well. So my focus was connected to the wrong thing. So when my focus is connected to the wrong thing, then that it drains my energy. It drains my vitality. It drains my, what, my, what my purpose is because I'm focused on the wrong thing. And so I believe one of, the, one of the healthy things a church needs is connection. One of the healthy functions of a church is connection. Listen, I believe that in this season we are in, God is calling, to, calling the church to get information. No, not Beyonce. God is calling the church to get information. Because I believe that when this pandemic um, is behind us and is in our rearview mirror, I believe God is going to add souls to the house like never before. 
And so I believe that the church has to function properly and it has to uh, be healthy in order to sustain the souls that God is bringing to the house. Because I believe that God is bringing souls to the house. Some people believe that this is the end of the world. God hadn't given me that revelation yet. You know, and if, if we read Matthew 24 and 14, it says that um, the end of the world will come when the gospel, when this gospel of the kingdom is preached throughout the whole world, then the end will come. See, we're just in the beginning of sorrows now. That's all it is. We're just in the beginning of sorrow. So listen, no man knows the time nor the hour when Jesus will part the sky, when he will come back again. Nobody knows that. And so I don't believe, I, I, I can't say that we are in the end time, and I'm not an end time preacher. I'm a live in this time preacher. So because we need to learn how to live in the time that we are in and not focus on the end time. And so, and so church, church is, um, a lot of people, they uh, look at church totally different these days. I did a poll here a few weeks, a few months back. And I asked this question. I said, why don't um, millennials, why don't people come to church? And I got a whole lot of answers that said things like judgment and things like um, holier than now and things like um, um, all of these rules and things like that. And I believe that religion has taught all these rules. And what has happened is we've made tradition of non-effect because we've made tradition a sacred cow. What do I mean by tradition, by making tradition a sacred cow? I mean this. We have made our tradition so sacred that we've missed the essence of the tradition of why we do things. And so here at NBCC, we like to explain why we do things. We just don't do it because we did it 40 years ago. We did it 50 years ago. We like to explain things here because we understand that everybody may not have grown up in church. And so if everybody hasn't grown up in church, see, I grew up in church from the time I was in my mom's womb until I'm now age of 30. I've grown up in the church. So I've seen many different facets and, and many different things that happen in the church. So a lot of people have this kind of mentality towards the church, like the church is this bad institution, but it's really not. Now, there are some churches that, that misabuse people, that, that abuse people, that, that misuse their calling. There are some churches that do that, but listen to me. NBCC is not one of those churches because I believe that God wants us to be a healthy church because, listen, I love people. I love you. I just want to say thank you for watching this live stream. Uh, I love you. We love people here, you know, and we were founded on truth, and that's what we're going to always be founded on, truth. And so let's break down what I mean by church, because a lot of times we hear church, we think of a building. Um, so I want to break down what I mean by church. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. And you can follow along on the screen. And this is what it says. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ the son of the living God. 
Jesus answered and said to him, excuse me, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. It's the first word, that's the first time church appeared in the New Testament. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so God wants to give us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And so that's not in my notes. But the word church here in the Greek means this, ecclesia. And what does ecclesia mean? Ecclesia means an assembly or congregation, the whole body of Christ. So one aspect of church is the assembly of Christian believers. Remember that word, assemble, assembly of Christian believers. And so there is also another aspect of church, which includes you. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. So the first aspect is ecclesia, ecclesia. So that means that uh, a gathering, a congregation, right? A, a gathering. So that's that's what Jesus meant, a gathering. So Jesus was not against church. Now, if he came to church today, he would be confused about a lot of the rules that we that we do and a lot of the things that we do um, and a lot of the, the, the images that we have set up. Um, he, he would be confused. I'm pretty sure he would be. He'd probably be like, what? what? I sit where? I sit here? I sit there? So there, there's a lot Jesus probably would be confused about. So everybody at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, and this is what it says. It says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. And so the word temple in the Greek here means naos. Say naos, type in naos, N-A-O-S. It means the part of the temple where God himself resides. So God resides within you, right? Because the scripture says that, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? And so the scripture says, um, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The scripture says the kingdom of God is within and so the king, so, so God lives within you. God lives within you. And so turn to Acts chapter 17, verse 24. I know we're going through a lot of scriptures here, but guess what? This is church. So Acts chapter 17, verse 24. And this is what it says. It says, God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. And so I want to really break this down to you so you can really understand the differences between an assembly and the temple of God, which is within you, because you are, you, well, let me say it like this, you are the temple of God, not the temple of God within you. Your, your body is a temple, so you are, um, you are a temple and God is within you. And so, and so the word, so, so, so here again, the same word in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 17 for temple is naos, which means that God lives within you. And so I want to go down to Acts chapter 17, verse 28, because so, I really want this all to make sense to you, because I believe sometimes we just come to church and we just come and we're not really 
um, grasping the word like God wants us to grasp the word. So we just hear word and we just go out and we don't really apply it to our life. And so this is what it says in Acts chapter 17, verse 28. It says, for in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So that really, what, so, so if you're reading this, sometimes it may kind of be contradictory, but it's not. What it's saying is, you are a temple of God, God lives within you, and you also live within God, because in him we live, move, and have our being. So if you can imagine a house in a house, right? So if you, if, if you have a house inside a house, let's, let's say I had a miniature house in here, right? And I had a miniature house inside a big house, right? So let's say it was a church inside of a church, because God lives within us, and we also live within God, because the scripture says, in him we live, move, and have our being. So the scripture is showing us that the church is not necessarily a building. You are the church, because the temple of God lives within you. So we are to assemble ourselves together to form the body of Christ. We are to assemble ourselves together to form the body of Christ. So when you come to church, there's multiple other churches within that church, if it makes sense to you, right? So I come to church, there's multiple other uh, churches inside that church. So this series, listen, is about functions needed to have a healthy church. This series, so I wanted to really break down what I mean by church so we can really understand where we're going with this. So listen, your body has systems which have a primary function that determine how healthy you will be. Your body has systems that, that have functions that determine how healthy your body will be. There is a nervous slash sensory system, which is the communication between, between and coordination of all the body systems. Uh, there is a intercommunitary system. Nurses, I know you probably know how to say it better than I, but I'm not in the healthcare field. I am in the spiritual health field. And so um, that, that system protect, protects the body against damage. Um, there is a muscular skeletal system, which provides form, support, stability, and movement to the body. There is a hemo, um, top, I know I'm butchering this word, the hemotopoietic uh, lymphatic system, which has, blood, which has blood production, maintenance of fluid balance, and defense against disease. Now, nurses, you're going to have to help me out. The nurses in the house just say, Pastor Jay will help you out with the words because, you know, I like to make up my own words. Um, but these words I'm just butchering. And so these systems all help your body function um, and help keep you healthy. If either one of these systems are off, it affects the whole body. And so a lot of times in the church, the systems are off and it affects the whole body. It affects everybody inside the church. And so the church has systems and functions as well that makes sure you live the way God intended for you to live. And so a healthy church provides connection. Listen, a healthy church provides connection. A healthy church provides connection to what, Pastor Jay? It provides connection to God's presence. It provides connection to God's presence. It says this in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. 
And so in Exodus chapter 25, verse 22, if you go down a little bit further, it says this, and there I will meet you and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. So listen to this. God's omnipresence is everywhere. God's inner presence is within you, but God's manifest presence happens when we all come together. I'm going to say it again. God's omnipresence is everywhere because omni is, omni is everywhere, all at once, everywhere. Omnipresence, so God's, God's omnipresence is everywhere. God's inner presence is in you, but God's manifest presence happens when we all come together. And so that's why it's important for you to come to church, because that's where you experience God's manifest presence. Now, I know in the time that we are in right now, it's hard for us to come to church, but I believe God is trying to make his manifest presence at your home, not just at the church, but at your home. So when we come to this building, we experience God's manifest presence. And so that is one of the functions of church. That's one of the, that's one of the, that's one of the, benefits of coming to church. You get to experience God's manifest presence, and he wants you to experience his manifest presence because when you experience his manifest presence, when we worship corporately, guess what happens? You look more like God when you worship because we, when we worship corporately, then we are able to connect with that manifest presence. And so God's manifest presence is important for us and a lot of times we try to forsake that. We try to forget about his manifest presence. But his manifest presence is important because in his manifest presence, then we see life differently. God gives us, he drops things in our spirits enduring corporate worship. He drops little words and nuggets in your spirit. I know I've been in worship and God has just dropped things in my spirit. And I, I have a notepad by me always because I want to write down what is being released through his manifest presence. And so this is what it says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. It says this, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. I am there in the midst. So what is that saying? When we gather together in his name, then he is in our midst. So we are experiencing experiencing his manifest presence. See, we just don't come to church to have another meeting and feel good for the moment. We come to experience God's presence. See, NBCC is just not a just church. You just come for the moment, get a good word, you know, give your tithes and offering. All of that is phenomenal. We come to experience God's presence because when we experience God's presence, then God's presence has a way of healing us. God's presence, God's manifest presence has a way of restoring us. God's manifest presence has a way of dropping just these nuggets in our spirit that will illuminate our life. Um, he, he'll drop little purpose things in your spirit to illuminate your life. See, that comes from God's manifest presence. See, God's presence overshadows our problems. God's presence overshadows our problems. What, what, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I just want you to type this in the comments. I want to just, because I want to be interactive with this. What, in your, in, your, in your mind, what day, what is the first day of the week for you? Is it Sunday? 
Is it Monday? Is it Saturday? Or for some, is it Friday? Is that the first day? Because we just forget about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like, thank God it's Friday. Like, why we can't say thank God it's Monday? Thank God it's Tuesday. Thank God it's Wednesday. Thank God it's Thursday. We say, thank God it's Friday. It's the weekend. You know, so a lot of people have that it's the weekend mentality only for a few few days. But you can have that it's the weekend mentality through the whole week because God has blessed you to see those days. But that's not in my notes. But what, 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 what is the first day of the week for you? See, for me, the first day of the week is Sunday. The first day of the week is Sunday. Why is the first day of the week Sunday? Because I want to give God my first. I want to give God whatever, whatever God, because God has given me life, so I want to give him, I want to give him my first. So that's why I come to church. That's, that's one of the reasons why I come to church, because I want to say, God, I, I, I honor you with my life. I honor you with what you have blessed me with. So I want to give you the first day of my week. I don't want to give you my Monday. Well, I give God every day, but I'm saying I want to give God the first of the week. And the first of the week for, for me is Sunday. Yes, I take off from Friday to Saturday because that's my Sabbath. But the first of the week is Sunday. And so God's presence, God's manifest presence really sets up our week. And so I said this, God's presence overshadows our problems, and God's presence is full of joy. Let's go, to, let's go to Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. I wanted to add, it, I wanted to add an S to that. Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, but there is no S on that. And so this is what it says in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. It says this, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so when you come to church, it's just not just to come, like I said, it's just not to come to a meeting. It's, it's, it's here for you to experience God's manifest presence and experience that fullness of joy. It's, 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 it's for you to experience the pleasures that are at his right hand forevermore. See, God wants you to already, God wants you to experience what he has already placed within you. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, the scripture also says that the kingdom of God is within. So God wants you to experience what is within you. And so another thing that a healthy church provides connection to, it provides connection to God's power. It provides connection to God's power. And so this is what it says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. It says, Again, I give you an eternal truth. If two of you agree to ask for something in a symphony of prayer, my heavenly Father will do it for you. I'm going to read that again. It says, again, I give you an eternal truth. If two of you agree to ask God for something, agree to ask God for something in a symphony of prayer, my heavenly Father will do it for you. And so I'm so glad that this version, the Passion Translation, said symphony because a symphony is connected to the power of the sheep music in front of it. I'm going to say it again. A symphony is connected to the power of the sheep music that is in front of it. So if the symphony is not connected and you have one flute playing another note and you have another flute playing another note and you have a trombone playing this note and you have the... Um, brass playing that note, and it's, it, they're just playing different notes, and they're not on one accord, then they don't have power. And so a lot of churches have chaos because they are not connected to God's power 
through the symphony of prayer. See, God wants us to be connected through connected to his power through the symphony of prayer. And so, so even in church today, I see, I see people within the church praying on the downfall of the church. So there is no symphony of prayer. There is no symphony of prayer there. And so a healthy church is, is what? So a healthy church is connection to God's presence, is connection to God's power. But lastly, it's this, is connection to God's people. So God's presence and God's power flow through God's people. God's presence and God's power flow through God's people. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10. And it says this. It says, For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy, because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. Aren't you glad for God's mercy? Aren't you, aren't you thankful for God's mercy? See, you can tell when people have not gotten a revelation of God's mercy because they do not show mercy to others. You can tell. I can, I can tell when, when, when people hadn't gotten a revelation of God's mercy because they, they can't show mercy to any other, any other people. Because when you are drenched in the mercy of God, then it's easy for you to give mercy to others. And so the Pharisees were this type of people. See, the Pharisees of old remind me of the people of religion of today. Ooh, I know that hurt. Ouch. The Pharisees of old remind me of the people of religion today. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23 says this. This is Jesus talking. It says, Great sorrow awaits you, religious scholars and Pharisees, frauds and pretenders, for you are obsessed with peripheral issues like insisting on paying meticulous tithes on the smallest herbs that grow in the gardens. These matters are fine, but yet you ignore the most important duty of all, to walk in the love of God, to display mercy to others, and to live with integrity. Readjust your values and place first things first. See, God's people show God's love. So God's people display mercy to others. God's people do not throw rocks and hide their hands. God's people live with integrity. See, my goal for NBCC is for uh, people to truly be God's people. I want you to truly be God's people. My our goal for NBCC is this, for you to love God, invest in others, value community. I'm going to say that again. Our goal here at NBCC is for you to love God, invest in others, value community. And we're going to get to that. We're going to, we're going to get to that because God desires for our worship experiences to build one another and not tear us down. See, see, we're, see the church, the assembly, Ecclesia Church, we're supposed to come and build one another. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that in this series because we have to build one another. Because if we don't build one another, we're tearing one another down in the church then we'll never see the power. We'll never see the power of unity. We'll never see the power of God flow through our lives. We'll never experience his presence because we are too busy trying to tear one another down. And so this is what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. It says this. It says, Beloved friends, what does all this imply? When you conduct your meetings, you should always let everything be done to build up the church family. Whether you share a song of praise, a teaching, 
a divine revelation, or a tongue and interpretation. Let each one contribute what strengthens others. My question, are we doing what, are we contributing what strengthens others, or are we being, are we doing what tears down others, what weakens others? Because the church is supposed to be about strengthening one another. And when we strengthen one another, then we build. We build when you strengthen one another. See, in order for us to build each other up, that will take another function of a healthy church, which is clarity. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that in this series, clarity. Because a lot of people don't have clarity of who God called them to be. And so they're operating out of, outside of who God called them to be, and they're missing the mark, and they're, and they're tearing down people instead of building up people. See, when you know who you are, then you understand that you don't have to be in competition with anybody else. When you know who you are, you don't have to worry about your insecure um, needs being met. When you know who you are, then you, you, are, you, are, you desire to build people. You desire to see people grow you desire to see people um, just become one and better. That's when you that's when you build other people. And so we'll talk about clarity in the next few weeks. So remember, you are a solution to a problem. You are a solution to a problem. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. I know time is winding down on me, but Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 says this. Remember, I said I want you to remember the word assemble. It says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. This is what it says in the Passion Translation. It says, This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. And so listen, when things are assembled properly, you can use the function of it. When things, see, if this chair was not assembled properly, I would not really be able to sit in this chair and use the function of it. Because if I had a leg over there, if I had a leg over there, I had a leg in the sound booth, I had the padding in one of the other chairs, and I just had this, then that chair is not assembled. It's gathered, but it's not assembled. And so the same goes for church. When we assemble together, we have more power than if we are scattered apart. Whew, that was good. When we, when we assemble together, then we have more power than if we were scattered abroad. See, since this chair is assembled, it has, since it's, it's, it's focused, see, see, the leg is understanding its purpose. The cushion is understanding its purpose. The back is understanding its purpose. And they're all connected to one another. Then they have power to fulfill the function of it. See, God wants us to fulfill. God wants us to build. God wants us to seek lost. God wants us to bring in lost souls. But if we're not connected and we don't know our function and we don't we don't we're, we don't know uh, who God ca- called us to be, then we're we're just we're scattered. We're scattered. But when we're on one accord, then we have power because there is power in unity. There is power in unity. See, when we all connect and we are on one accord, we can receive what God has for us. I'm going to say it again. When we connect and we are all on one accord, then we can, we can receive what God has for us. This is what it says in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. And we're going to really dive into this Acts, Acts, 
Acts 2 church, because the Acts 2 church is where I want to see MBCC grow, because I believe that God is calling MBCC to be a trendsetter. I believe God is calling MBCC to be a pace setter. And look, wherever you're watching, I want you to be connected. I want you to be connected to this house, because I believe that God has called this house to do great things. And so this is what it says in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. It says this, on the day of Pentecost, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, Pastor Jay can read, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place, gathered in one place. Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. I want to highlight that first scripture when it says they were all gathered in one place. See, it is important for you to be connected to a ministry because it is important because it, your whole life depends on it. Your whole life depends on it. Because when I'm learning now that when you do things in community, you are held accountable. You're held accountable for what... For, for um, your role in that community. And we're going to talk about community in this series because community is important. So your purpose depends on it. Listen, your success depends on you being connected to a ministry. I want you to be connected. If NBCC is not the house for you to be connected to, I understand. But I want you to be connected. If NBCC is the house for you to be connected to and you feel God calling you to be connected to this house, I want you to get connected. Because when you get connected, then you can see the power of God transform your life. God wants to transform your life. God wants to give you power. God wants you to understand who you are. God wants you to experience his manifest presence. He wants you to experience his power. He wants you to be connected to people in community, in a life-giving community. And so I want, I want to encourage you, get connected to a ministry. Get connected because in that connection, see, when a, when a plug is plugged into like these, like these things you can't see, when, when they are plugged into their power source, then they, their success in that, in, from that power is, is predicting their function. And so your success, your significance, your life, your family, your kids, your future, it all depends on you being connected. And I want you to get connected to a ministry. And so the functions of a healthy church, week one is this, connection. Connection to God's presence, connection to God's power, and lastly, connection to God's people. Whoo! That was a good word. 